And just like that, we're back. It has been a minute, uh, over a year actually, since I was doing this podcast thing. I looked at my calendar and realized, holy shit, it's June. And my intention was to get this podcast ramped up again about a year later from when the last one started. But as life would have it, didn't happen that way. But nonetheless, we are back. Um, Again, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who I am, but I will introduce myself. I am Keyshawn Rains, and you are listening to Working Title with Keyshawn Rains. This podcast is the culmination, the collection of what I like to call past the collection plate conversations or fireside chats, mostly with people that I know is what was happening in the first season. However, in the second season, I decided to step outside my comfort zone and invite a couple of featured guests that I don't necessarily know personally, but have connected either through Instagram, social media, or in, you know, settings of like-minded individuals and in some way was inspired or impacted by what this person had to say. But for this first episode (laughs) that you're going to hear, this is with a familiar friend, a familiar voice. This is my girl, my soul sister, my, you know, partner in the trenches, Tamara Ross. And I'm excited because this conversation, like many of our conversations, touches on several different topics, everything from parenting to adulting to impulsive behaviors to spirituality and everything in between. So I will not spend a whole lot of time telling you what we talked about, but we'll give you the opportunity to listen in on another conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Like, oh my God, it's been so long. Um, It's been so long since I started this podcast. I was looking at old episodes yesterday and um, I was like, oh, it was April. Because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I started the podcast in June. It was in June. It was it was Mm -hmm. not June. It was not June. It's been a while. It's been a it's been a, a, a few moments. So I was like looking through my stuff, looking for like my notebook, because I would always have a notebook with me when I was recording, um, you know, in a where's my notebook? Uh, in, yeah, where yeah, where's my notebook with all my notes? And so I couldn't find it for various and assorted reasons. So then I was trying to remember like what were the I would always open with like three questions and then I was like, you know what, Keyshawn? Yeah. That was that was last year. Uh it's okay. <laughs> you can let it go. It's you fine. Can, you're totally different. allowed to do something different. It's kind of like Especially how... because you forgot. mainly because I forgot and then I was also like you know when it's a new season of something kind of like you know the new season of like a tv show like sometimes they change the opening credits you know um and sometimes they don't uh but sometimes they do so yeah I figured I would switch it up just a little bit and also um I was also remembering like when I was creating the like scheduling thing for people to be able to schedule because I had to get super organized this time around. That's great. Because I remembered last year. Yeah, it's important for life. Uh, Last year, what I was doing is I was like sending people, you know, these really personal text messages and like trying to coordinate with a schedule and then realizing like, oh, person A said they're available Tuesday at 11, but then person B also said that. And I don't know who said it first. 
So right. I really like the scheduling part. That was great because it just really put in my hands. You know what you have available. I know what I have available, and I'm just gonna click it. I love it. And then it put and then it put it on my calendar. So lovely. You You're yeah, very welcome. Great. You're very welcome. I, uh, my assistant Cody. Uh, Cody, <laughs> my assistant Cody uh, from Tar- from Tarzana, she is wonderful. <laughs> yes. So we have to yes. thank Cody for that. Thanks, Cody. Free uh, <laughs> intern for doing the research and finding that wonderful application. Um, yeah. So I'll have to give her. I'll have to give her some lunch today. Um, <laughs> so yeah but but anyway uh what I what I'm excited about is that you are my first featured guest for this season and Yay! <laughs> that is exciting and uh you were the first one to jump on and somehow managed to bypass the questionnaire when you scheduled your appointment which was really <laughs> interesting <laughs> I was like, I got time for that. No, I didn't even see it. I didn't even see it. <laughs> Which is yeah. the trick, because I'm like, okay, Cody, you might have to do some sit-ups for that, because everybody is supposed <laughs> to answer the question. Um, because but... I was wondering, like, what is this about to be about? We're four minutes in, too. We ain't talked about nothing. We haven't talked so... about nothing yet. So, <laughs> with that being I got... said, I, um, I, I agree. basically made, like, a little questionnaire, um, because what I decided to do this season was also to go way outside my comfort zone and ask or invite people to be featured guests that I don't know personally, people that okay. I've either met, you know, in passing at events or people that I follow on Instagram that yeah. have shared content that I am inspired or impacted by and said, you know what, Keyshawn, um, go ahead and step outside your comfort zone. Like obviously the, the fireside chats that I have with people that I know like yourself bring something different than me really being like an actual Oprah Winfrey and interviewing people. So I wanted to incorporate some interview type, you know, uh, episodes. And so that's what prompted me to kind of create this questionnaire. But for people that I know, it's a little different, but I, you already know my answers. I already know your answers. (laughs) Um, I think the only one I didn't know is one of the questions was your, about your astrology and it's uh, what's your sun, moon, and rising sign if you know them? Okay, um, my sun, moon, and rising. I think I I always get it weird. Uh, my sun is is a Leo. I'm Leo sun. I think Sagittarius moon and Virgo rising. Whoa! Yeah. I too am Sag a Sagittarius moon. moon. Are you? I Why am. Why talk about this? I no, this is why you had to answer the question on the questionnaire. No, I, I too, I am a Cancer Sun, Sagittarius Moon, Scorpio rising. And okay. yeah, that's a thing. So Sag Moon. And you know, it's interesting because over the summer, not the summer, the spring, See, this is what happens when you're from California. It's always summer. Um, it's always. It's yeah. always summer. It's just cold summer and hot summer. Uh, I went to a, a workshop in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and um, there was a woman there who was talking about, you know, astrology and how it relates to, like, life. And she was specifically focusing her conversation on the moon sign because she was explaining that 
in the Western world, i.e. America, that the focus of astrology tends to be on your sun sign. But as we know, you know, we celebrate like moon phases, new moon, full moon, etc. Why are we not emphasizing our, you know, knowledge on our moon signs? Because the moon is just as influential on your personality as the sun. So she kind of did like a generalized audience read based on your moon sign. And it's interesting because, yeah, so when she was doing this read, I was like, yeah, yes, all of that. Amen. Hallelujah. That's me. I'm not just a cancer. So, you know what I'm saying? So I was kind of like, oh, okay, Sagittarius moon. I've always felt like these Sag-like traits and never really understood quite why because you know you learn your sun sign and you just kind of run with it so uh yeah Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of interesting yeah i someone someone asked me i think we're talking signs like last week someone that i just met and i shared that part because you know i was just like she said "I, i don't remember what her sun sign was but she was saying like oh i don't normally like you know fit in with the other whatever the sign is and i was like yeah it's because you're you're moon and your rising play a big exactly. part on how you present yourself to the world you yeah know? absolutely yeah. so i um well i guess we could start restart with uh you telling me who you are what is your name <laughs> and where are you from because <laughs> i know you but they 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 don't know you <laughs> okay so my name is Tamara, and um i am from california currently residing in a nomadic state so i am living between 30 cities um yeah so um but i'm i'm pretty much stationed stationed in in long beach all my all my everything is in long beach okay can i just say that it's so funny how like life works because (laughs) girl girl and it and and really a lot of times either one of us is like forging ahead for the other like we have an experience and then take you know six months to a year and the other is having the same experience and it's like oh I can help you with that you know yes that's literally yeah that's literally what I was feeling because last year was my the beginning I should say of my nomadic year because I still feel very nomadic in a sense Mm -hmm. um even though, you know, in the last eight or nine months, I've been relatively settled in, you know, on the East Coast. And this year, like in the actual 2019 calendar year, I have at least three people that I consider, you know, close personal friends that are in a nomadic state of their lives. And when they share that with me, I'm like, oh my God, there's a lot of times in my life where I will have an experience where what I call like a come to Jesus experience where I'm like, what in the fucking Mm -hmm. fuck? Why is this happening Mm -hmm. in my life right now? Please tell me why. And then time will pass and a close personal friend or in rare cases, a family member, but usually a close personal friend will be going through that same thing. And then I feel like the ancestors are like, you see, this is why. This you is why. why we sent you. You, you see, see why, why we, we sent, sent you? You? <laughs> you see why you had to go. Why you that? agreed exactly to take on this experience? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, even just like, I like what you said, like, just now, like, agreed to it. Because I think a lot of times when things are happening in our lives, especially things that we're like, ser- seriously, is mm-hmm. that universe, source, ancestors are like, yeah, but you, you agreed to this, remember? 
And we're like, no, but I, but I don't remember though. Yeah. I don't, yep. I don't remember agreeing to this. So. And sometimes uh, you don't remember until after you're out of the situation. That's my experience. Like I, I'll, I'll come out or I'll be on my way out. Once I see like that little glimmer of light, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not like everybody. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be here experiencing this right now in the way that I'm experiencing it to the degree that I'm experiencing it. Cause like, you know, when it's really, really hard, it just, it just feels like you're walking through the, va- what is it? Through the Valley of the shadow of death. Literally. Actually. But it's not death. <laughs> it's just the shadow of death. I just, yes! you know, I just, I just, shit, I just had this similar conversation with our mutual friend Saj Mm-hmm. And she shared that with me. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, the shadow. But, you know, it feels like it, though. It yes. feels like it's the end. But, you know, I got to I got to take these take all these uh hits for my friends, mm-hmm. for my friends and my loved ones. From mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, literally. And that's pretty deep when you think about it, because a lot of times we. You know, we hear, you know, phrases, scripture, words, quotes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't really, really resonate down to the gristle until you look at it again and you're like, oh, yeah. And like the whole like you've seen like the meme or maybe you've seen the meme where like um, it's like a little boy and he's like drowning, quote unquote, or looks like he's drowning. And then he like stands up and he's like, oh, shit, I guess I guess it wasn't that bad. It was so all I had to do was, oh, okay. Oh, or the bad. one with the with the, the little kid and he had the boot on his face, yes. and then they move out and he's the one with his hand <laughs> and the boot, put it yes. on his face. Put it on his face. You're like, boy, you get that boot off it's your like, face. Oh, that's oh, me. me. <laughs> but I did that. Oh, okay. I did that. I did okay. that. Yeah, and that's kind of like the shadow because it's kind of like this yeah. idea of um of shadow work. I was having a conversation with my friend Kayla like about probably like three weeks ago and talking about like diving into shadow work and like understanding like what are your shadows what are the things that come up for you what are they really representing where do they come from and this idea of identifying like how dire are your fears like do you have a fear of dying do you have a fear of not having enough money do you have a fear of being alone do you have a fear of you know health issues do you have a fear for for someone else and that's something that's been coming up for me is this idea of like owning my fears and not projecting them onto other people and absolutely there's a lot of you know what and this the fears which to go a little deeper it it, sometimes they don't even come from you sometimes they're from your your ancestors and your you know great grand whoever that it got embedded and if you don't accept it you're not going to be able to heal it for everyone after you and those around you so it's accepting that like okay I am afraid of this. You know, I was asked yesterday by my partner, you know, I like to project. So <laughs> like a lot of people, and then I don't really realize it until, you know, I'm, I'm with someone who is a mirror. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, like, are you waiting until a certain day until I change into this person that you want? And she was like, are, are you afraid of losing me? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you asking me really? Mm. Where's the fear coming from? Because I didn't say anything like that. Like it comes out and I'm like, I'm trying to throw it on other people, but it's really just my shit. Mm -hmm. It's really my shit. And if I don't recognize it, you know, and accept like, yeah, 
I do have that fear. I have a fear of, you know, not having this or not ever reaching this point in my life or whatever. And that holds you back. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Especially when it comes to things like losing someone, whether it's like losing them in a relationship or like losing them. Like I have a son, Seth, 17 years old. He is, he, he is a college, not a college graduate, but he is college bound high school graduate. Yay! He had to correct me the other day. Cause he was like, I am not a high school graduate only. I am a college man. And I was like, you are that is okay. What I'm talking about. Right? And it's pretty exciting. And that's super exciting. It's I'm pretty so, exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And he is not only college bound, he's going to an HBCU in New Orleans, which is like exciting <gasps> and I'm also like holy shit my kids mm-hmm. going to college in another yeah. state another state and <laughs> what right. I recognize is like he's here visiting me in DC for a couple weeks and okay. what's been cool is that we're having these conversations where my fears are coming up and being projected and he's like swatting them away like flies and something he said to me the other day he said you know mom you did teach me stuff. <laughs> I'm going to be okay Girl. in the world. Girl. Mm, and I'm mm, like, mm. I did teach you stuff, didn't I? And he's I like, did. yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yep. You didn't just teach me like how to brush my teeth and put on lotion. Like you mm-hmm. taught me how to function in the world. And I'm not afraid. So you mm-hmm. don't need to be afraid for me. And I think wow, that man. it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it was really, it was really cool because like you said, it was, it was one of those moments where someone that I love, you know, and care for deeply unconditionally basically was able to be my mirror and say, you're projecting your fears onto me. I don't want them. Let me give them back to you and then help you let them go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like here, I don't want <laughs> and that. And then call me. it a day. And then, yeah. And then let's turn the page, you know? And, right. and I think that something that came from that, conversation with him was as parents sometimes we focus all of our energy on protecting our children as opposed to preparing our children and I think that if our energy and efforts was focused on preparation and protection like I think they need both but I think at some point we do have to kind of like take those protective arms and pull them back and say okay I prepared you go out into the world and do what you're going to do because I I have to believe that I've given you everything I can up until this point and not to say that I'm not going to continue to provide you with you know wisdom guidance etc cetera, etc cetera, but I have to make sure that I'm not passing down my fears that were maybe passed yes. down to me from someone else like let me yes. break the cycle here let me be the one to break the cycle so that's been a an interesting experience, but yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 really great that it turns around and you get to see the work that you put in, you know, like consciously and subconsciously, because it's like I, I don't know all the things that my kids are watching, you mm-hmm. know, and the things that they're picking up that I'm not telling them. But I had a very similar experience with my son because he runs track, and when he gets on that, you know, the what is it called? The field? I wanted to say the track. Anyways, when he gets on the track. <laughs> you know that um, thing they run on. You know on. the thing that he gets on? Because <laughs> you can tell how much I really know. Um, his dad is, is, is like ran track in high school and he was pretty good, but he also trains people. So he takes this like to the utmost of seriousness. And, you know, I when my son gets on the track and he starts to run, I'm like, my stomach's in knots. 
And I'm like freaking out, like, I just really hope he wins. And I'm thinking about if he doesn't win, what the repercussions will be or the conversation will be with his father, you know, and he had a race where it was like this rival team and he looked like he really did his best, but my stomach was in knots. Mm -hmm. And so when I talked to him afterwards, I was just like telling him how nervous I was and my son is 10, but sometimes he just turns into this old man, like where he's just very wise, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, don't worry. He's like, I, you shouldn't worry about me. He was like, I know that like my dad makes me feel nervous, but mm-hmm. I'm really not nervous. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I know that I'm getting better. And the guy, you know, the boys that he was running against have been running longer. And he just, everything he said was like, chill. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I know where dad is. I know what he's giving me. I know the stuff, you know, anxiety and all that. He's like recognizing, you know, what stuff is not his. Mm. And that was like, whoo, like, I don't have to, I mean, I can stop. I can stop (laughs) going to the track meets all day Mm -hmm. long. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. You know, he's only 10, so he's going to be running for, he's going to be running for a while, while. but, um, It was beautiful to hear him identify what mm. wasn't his and what he could what he could handle. You know, mm-hmm. I can only do my best. My dad, he said, my dad is super competitive. I'm just not like that yet. Mm. Yet. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, 10-year-old, I, I let me back up. You know, yeah. it's just beautiful. It's really beautiful to see. It really, is. Really yeah, I agree. And I and I think that what I'm starting to like see even, you know, with Seth is he's, you know, he said, you know, our conversations need to change, mom. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, the tone of our conversations needs to change because I'm becoming a man. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, whatever Uh, not yet yet, sir shut up (laughs) you're not there yet but I recognized it because he said it in a very respectful way but he was saying like let's elevate our conversation instead of you talking to me like I am this elder talking Mm -hmm. down so to speak to this you know youngster let's see if we can start to level our conversations where we're talking like grown person to grown person and there's sick now you don't need baby booty literally don't need to chew it up and spit it in my mouth no like I'm not there anymore we have moved on we're here now I can literally order my own food actually right um and I could even pay for it because I got money what do you know what do you know so so yeah I um I I I think that's that's part of the the process I think that's part of the process of parenting is going through those different stages of baby to you know oh, yeah. a little bit older a little bit old, a little bit older to the point where they're adults and I think what's interesting too is that you see well for me my experience has been I'm seeing myself as I now see my parents like I'm still a person mm-hmm. with a with an individual life and an individual journey and I happen to be your mom as opposed to all that I am as a mother, all that I am as a parent. It's like, no, I got, I got stuff too. I got needs too. I got things that I want to do too. And I think that when it comes to like making decisions about my life, that what I've done up until this point, you know, I had my son when I was 25, I'll be 42 in like two weeks that 
up until this point, a lot of decisions that I've made, I've always considered him. Like, yeah. well, how is this going to affect him? And oftentimes have said, how is this going to affect him first? And then how is it going to affect me second? Mm-hmm. As opposed to looking at that the other way around. Well, it's, and it's, at some point it's necessary because they're 100% dependent on us for at least, what, you know, eight years before they can make a sandwich on their own. So you have to think about... You have Literally, to think sandwiches about those, are very important. They were yes. very... That was a milestone. I was like... Will you be able to make a sandwich? Because... Jelly? <laughs> so proud. But yeah, it, you know, and that has to happen. So it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a difficult thing to transition out of that period. Mm-hmm. It's like before you know it, your kid's calling you just saying like, hey, can you drop me off at the mall? And it's like, wait, what? You don't need right. me, you know, you know, right. You want me to are wait in the car? Sure? Or you... hey, girl. You want me to sit hey. on the bench from a distance and just watch me? Like, what Because you... I'm, I'm going to do that anyways. But, um. <laughs> Who's that woman sure. in dark glasses with a magazine in front of her face? Psycho. <laughs> Who reads magazines anymore? Oh, my. <laughs> my daughter is like, she gives me the look right before I'm about to get in. And she's like, mom, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I mean, yeah. I usually keep it. I usually keep a safe distance, but it depends. You know, yeah. if it's the first time doing something, I'm like, okay, wait a second. Right. So, but yeah, it's understandable. And I think our parents went through something similar. I remember mm-hmm. having a similar conversation with my mom. And I had just turned 18 and went away to college. And I came back on my Christmas break and was like, uh, I'm taking care of myself. I don't need a curfew. <laughs> that part. It was literally not even six months later, you know, after living <laughs> in my mom's house. But I'm like, I'm like, I remember the conversation. She's like, we home at 11. I'm like, 11? What is that? Because <laughs> I'm in college and I'm staying out till three in the morning, you know, just doing whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it took some time for my mom to, to, to feel that, you know, and to be okay with it, especially because I was in a different state. So coming back, I was still her child. You know, as I'm moving through adulthood, she's still, you know, in that position. So it's understandable. Right, right. And And I I, thank you for experiencing it for me first. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be sure to take notes and Mm -hmm. pass them on to you. Uh, Yeah. And those are, yeah. And those are, those are, and I remember a similar experience going to college in North Carolina, coming home that, like you said, for that first holiday break and not only coming home, but coming home to like sharing a room with my younger siblings and I'm like get out why are you here why are you talking to me get out um and my parents also you know because I'm the oldest of five kids and so it was the our babysitter's home and I'm like "Uh uh-uh right that's what I shan't be doing um I'm not only not coming home at a curfew I might not come home for a couple days because (laughs) I'm grown and that's what I could do now. And my parents were like, what we will do is lock the door and you won't be able to get back in. And I'm like, well, that's surprise. what you did when I was yeah, surprised. But but I remember how that feeling like, no, that's what you did when I was a kid. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. And this idea of like what it means to be an adult and what that transition looks like for each you know child growing into an adult and how that relationship changes from you know, a parent parenting a child and a parent parenting an adult. Because like during like my nomadic, you know, when I was really bouncing around, 
you know, from your place to friends' places to sisters' places to other friends' places, the door was always quote unquote open Mm -hmm. at my parents' house, but I never walked through it because I was like, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I already know what comes with that. And what comes with that is things that I don't want to deal with. (laughs) Right. That I don't, don't want to ever experience again. Ever in life again. And from was, literally experience, I'm staying with my mom part-time right now. And, you know, we had plenty of conversations about this and trying to make sure it would be the best situation possible, which it is. And the reason why is because I take breaks. Mm-hmm. I don't stay at our house every night. Mm-hmm. Things change, you know, and you have to, you have to adjust to that. You can't go back and I don't even want to go back and stay the whole time. I, I, I want, I, I don't want that relationship with her, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I think it's, I think it's important to be able to break up that time because also it's like, you've created a relationship with your mom as a grown independent woman living outside of her home. And that mm-hmm. looks one way. So mm-hmm. to go back, you know, under her roof, under her wing, in a sense, could create a false sense of a different relationship that you're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're good. You know what I mean? Like even times when I went home to visit and would stay with my parents for like a week or two, I could tell by like day four when my mom started Uh like folding my clothes. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want that. I'm good. Don't need you to cut my steak either. I got this. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm not cutting his steak. You're not cutting mine. So I think making that transition can be, it's, it's, you know, it can be challenging. Like my mom is a, is is like a mother. I think my mom was born to be a mom. And I think that, you know, some women are, that's just their, their calling. But, um, Tamara and I have been friends for several years and our conversations have such a beautiful way of going from topic to topic and idea to idea. I appreciate you continuing to listen and guarantee that we have some more for ya. Here it is. One thing I wanted to, I love our conversations because I love how they weave and they bounce like yeah. a pinball machine. It's like boop, 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 and it moves all over. Go. Like, if we don't get a topic, we can just go. We can so, just yeah. go. Let's um, focus. <laughs> let's. Who? So, I texted you this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro. And without going into the details of that. And you texted something else, too. <laughs> it, yeah. You know. So, I... <laughs> so that was, was that detail? Okay, sorry. <laughs> it, no, no. It's okay. But. The reason that I the reason that I reached out to you is because you are one of those people in my life that I know that no matter what I bring to you, that it is never meant with judgment ever. Mm-hmm. And I value mm-hmm. that because I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, it's and that's hard to come by because we all have our own ideas about what should and shouldn't and what's right and wrong and et cetera, et cetera. But what I like about when I bring things to you is that you're able to receive them. And you're able to evaluate or assess them in a way that really puts it back on me. Like, okay, so what do you think about that? And the thing that I reached out to you this morning was about, you know, something that I did kind of impulsively. And impulsivity is something that I've, you know, 
started to really notice in myself a little bit more than I ever really had before because I'm like I consider myself a very you know uh, uh, the type of person who really assesses things and calm and I really take things into consideration and I assess and I digest and then I respond which I think you are it's not that those qualities aren't yours but you know we have our moments we do we have our moments and I think that moments of impulsivity is something that I find when I make impulsive decisions, it's typically something I look back and I'm like, God damn it. What? Should have just paused and thought about right. it for a second. Right. Maybe just one more. I should have checked in with Tamara first. Before. Like, is this a good idea? You can't get it wrong. You, you can't get it wrong. You're good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So would you say impulsive behaviors is something that you think we grow out of as we mature? Um, you know, when you when you walk past an older person on the street and they're like, uh, get out of my way or, you know, those shoes are ugly or, you know, I don't know if that's because I feel like at a certain point of your age, you just don't give a fuck. And, uh, you know, older people being rude is impulsive. But there's a lot mm. of stuff that, you know, you can do as an older person, you know, that you might just be like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to just go. Mm. But you mm-hmm. won't care as much. Mm. I think the care part and then, yeah, there's some thought out of it. So maybe less impulsive things. And you're also, when you do some impulsive things, you're not going to beat yourself up about it. Right. Right. I think that's, right. I think that's, I think that's key is like yeah. once, once even, even things that are not impulsive, even things that might've been like well Absolutely. considered, mm-hmm. you know, after the decision is made, you're like, mm, that, okay. That didn't quite well, turn out the way I expected, <laughs> but you know, two tears in a bucket. Fuck it. I don't, exactly. My bucket's all, my bucket's almost full also. Right. I got a lot of tears in there. I got a but, lot of tears in the bucket. <laughs> two at a time. <laughs> two at a time. Ooh, two tears at a time. Shit. I got, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm how old? Yeah, I got. I might need a second bucket at this point. Girl, you know what? But you know what I think also is that we have to really check our triggers because there's something that might have led you to that impulsivity that you can move out of your life because, Mm. you know, like if you're, if you feel like you're getting to a point where you're, you know, irritated or agitated or, you know, emotional and you don't really deal with where that emotion is coming from. I think the impulsivity impulsivity comes from that. Too, yeah, you know. Yeah, because like I I had I had a recent situation where I was mad triggered. Oh my god! And I even shared it with my mom, and my mom was like, "Leave it alone." I did, I did exactly what you said. I was like, "That was so. I did not have to do that. Don't even respond." But mm-hmm. I was like, "No, fuck that. <laughs> I got something to say." I do those actions that I that I won't be proud of, you know, that I know that are not me. So do right. you do you identify like maybe a trigger that happened before? I think. Well, what I notice is that I have very vivid and lucid dreams, and uh, a lot of time. Mm, mm-hmm. A lot of times when I have a very vivid and lucid dream the the you know post dream that first you know three minutes so to speak after you wake up and kind of come back into your body I'm still in part operating in that dream state where there are no consequences sometimes depending on the dream or there there are no negative consequences I could say in the dream state where I'm like I'm impenetrable (laughs) I am invincible 
nothing yeah. I do will and come nobody back else and... knows what's happening here so I can do whatever <laughs> I want nobody else knows what's happening ah! you know what I mean yeah. like I can do whatever I want yeah. and so I noticed that I guess in a sense after a lucid dream there is a trigger that's not necessarily triggering like a negative response it's more like go ahead and do that shit go ahead what's gonna happen nothing you know what I mean and that you know what I was thinking about after I text you this morning was like okay so is my impulsivity being driven by like you said an emotional response to a trigger or is my impulsivity being driven by my intuitive voice and how do I know the difference between the two because sometimes I feel like I'm driven to take what I consider to be an impulsive action because my intuitive voice is like, do that shit. And I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And then other times my, in, my intuitive voice is like, nah, I don't think you should. And I do it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, but does kind it of, feel, does it feel different though? Um, can, it you, feels, can you tap into a feeling when you do I, it? I would say when my intuitive voice is saying, do that shit the feeling that I have is like a, a quick, like surge of power, like, okay. Yes. And yeah. then you, just, you go. And even mm-hmm. though you don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to turn out, you just go with it. And then I would say uh-huh. the other, the other side of it is when I'm taking an impulsive action based on a trigger, I do have that moment of like, Oh no if that's the best thing Mm -hmm. for you to do and the feeling is hesitation you know but it's a very small hesitation it's a very small like quiet whisper voice for me very Mm -hmm. so i'm like you know and sometimes the the voice is very like full sentences (laughs) like if you do this camera this is what will happen and you know it so you want this you're making a choice choose your choice mm-hmm. right now you right. know right yeah like I know I, I know the difference between that for me feels like when it is my intuitive voice I also have this feeling of I can't get it wrong like mm-hmm. that comes with the decision it's like I can't get it wrong so mm-hmm. if I if I you know do whatever I'm gonna do I want to use an example like if I I don't know I'm going to pick up my daughter. I know I'm on a budget, but I stop at Target. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I still feel like in the moment, I'm like, you know what? I can't get it wrong. What What am I serving right now? What's, what is this action serving? You know? Like, okay, maybe I needed something. Or I didn't buy anything for my last check just for me. Mm. So I needed to treat myself. And my, you know, my urge to treat myself right now is strong. And I need to go with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for that example. No, that's a great example. And in the idea of are your urges the, you know, catalyst for what would be considered an impulsive behavior? And I'm thinking when I'm using impulsive, I'm thinking like this wasn't something I planned for. You know what I mean? This is something that I'm making a decision in this moment right it. now. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't sit and mm-hmm. think about it and say like, oh, you know, on Thursday, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to spend 45 minutes there. Like that's a planned behavior. The impulsive <laughs> yeah. behavior yeah. would be, I'm going to put 45 pounds on here. That was impulsive. And my body was like, right. for real? <laughs> that's what we're doing today. All right. Got yeah, go for it. 
<laughs> okay. Now tomorrow when your legs feel like Jello, don't say I. I didn't tell you to just consider that. Just don't say I didn't give you that look. <laughs> Seriously, but then I like what you said about. Even with the example of Target, which I personally believe that there is something in the air at Target that causes people to go there mm-hmm. and spend way more money than they need crack, to. Girl. But it's crack. it's crack. Something's there. Cocaine Something is in it. I don't know. Like, Brain uh, wave <laughs> manipulating technology. As soon as you walk in, there's like a whisper like, spend all your spend money. All your money. And all of it. <laughs> I know you came here for toilet paper, but look at this iPad and also right. this video game right. and these pants and these culottes. See, <laughs> that's why you go to that's why you go to Dollar Tree when you have those urges. So the worst you're gonna spend is twenty three dollars, girl. <laughs> and Dollar like, Tree, oh, I I, right, I right. And for me, like going to Target, you know, can feed that impulsive desire because I know mm-hmm. I have ninety days to return everything. Ah, hello, hello. <laughs> I can enjoy this shit for three full months and be like, you know what? On second Look thought, <laughs> didn't quite serve me. Sorry. Right. Sorry, gotta go. Whereas not condoning buying things. <laughs> don't tell anybody right. about return therapy. Don't it's, do that. It's it's it's, it's very <laughs> much like return retail therapy. therapy. <laughs> Girl, I've never heard that before. Return therapy. Oh, return right therapy. There. It is basically it is the absolving behavior that can counteract retail therapy. Because retail therapy is go spend yes. everything you got. Return therapy is like, look at all this money I just saved. Mm. Return right. stuff. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. I got fifty dollars in my pocket now. <laughs> uh, I did it. Fifty dollars I didn't yep. really have to spend in the first place, but whatever, it's back now. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree, I, I, and I think that it's important to recognize these things. And for me, recognizing what, and I'm glad you brought that up, recognizing what's driving the behavior what's behind it and I like how you said like I can't get this wrong because applying you know judgment to myself and you know being hard on myself like that's something that I've always like quote-unquote prided myself like I'm hard on myself I you know iron sharpens iron I'm I'm ironing myself literally but I'm like does that really feel good to iron yourself no no it it hurts it's hot it's hot it's hard burns a little bit sometimes you get burned but I think that I want to make sure that I'm being just as I want to be firm with myself but I'm noticing you know I would say more recently even in the last year to be a little more gentle because recognizing that I was hard on myself because that's how I was programmed by the people who raised me to be hard on myself because they were hard on me. And then therefore I am hard on other people. And my partner said, there's a benefit to that. It serves you at some point, but you know, you don't want that to drive your self-talk. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. What were you going to say? I was going to say, my partner said to me recently, she said, I think you're the kind of person saying to me, I think you're the kind of person, Keyshawn, who, you know, your, your self-talk, your internal voice is a person standing like on a pedestal with a big like whip in their hand, like commanding yourself to get to work. And she said, maybe you could put the whip down and pick up like a velvet glove and just like, right. Maybe give yourself a pat on the back. Maybe give yourself a little stroke on the shoulder to say like, keep going. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You got this. You made a mistake, really nice. but it's all right. And I was like, mm, 
a velvet glove. Now, where would I find yeah. one of those? Because <laughs> every time I go inside, I just got this big old barrel of whips to choose exactly. from. Exactly. That takes time. That should take time and practice to reframe things, you know, to rephrase it. Like, say, what am I going to say instead to yes. myself? Instead of saying... I didn't do anything that I was supposed to do yesterday. I'm just getting lazier and lazier. Or, you know, like I rested and I took some unexpected rest time for myself. And now I feel even more charged and powered to do what I need to do. You know, I don't know. Like I've been really working on that too. So that, it, it, and it goes back to the impulsivity too, because like, shit happens and sometimes you just are in a funk and you want to go off on somebody or you know like it, it I hope that it happens less for me mm-hmm. you know as I'm as I'm learning more about myself I I know it will but I also just have to like check myself when I'm when I'm getting on I I just have learned so much through dealing with my health mm-hmm. and not being as healthy as I usually have is that my voice the negative voice is so fucking loud. Mm-hmm. It's like when I don't have my help to back me up and be like, okay, but I'm going to take care of this, this, and this, and this, and I can run errands and fix things. You know, when I can't do that, I just get so hard on myself and and I have to, I, I'm the only person that can fix that. Right. Are you recognizing any connections between your health and that that internal voice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that this, I think that uh, one of the things, the reasons why my, um, I'm having, I'm having health issues right now is um, to remind myself to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to the spa and getting your, you know, toes done or whatever. Those things are nice, but it's also the self-talk. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, like, like your partner said, the velvet glove when you need it. You know, just hug yourself and love on yourself. Like, it just, it just hasn't, it wasn't happening. And then I was running wild doing everything. You know, I have two kids, so I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not caring about myself. You know, I'm just beating up on myself every day. What do you expect? You know, right. your body is like, um, I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough of this. <laughs> I'm taking you where you got to go and you're not taking care of me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just not, that's not that. So that's what I've learned. Um, that's what I've learned in this experience is to really be, be patient and be kind to myself, regardless if I'm in good health or not good health, either way, you know, I'm, I'm all that I have. Right. First and foremost, I am here for me. And, you know, of course I have a tribe, but I can't be beating myself up and expecting everybody else to pick up all the pieces every day. You know, mm. that doesn't work like that. People yeah. got their own shit. They do. You know? They do. Yeah, that's that's really that's really powerful is what you just said is that, like, people have their own shit. And I can't, like you said, I can't, I can't pull myself apart and break myself down and then yeah. like sit there and be like, okay, who's gonna put me back together? Who, who got me? Like Humpty Dumpty, you know, like, like like Humpty Dumpty, like where's all the horses and all the men and the women? Hello, I'm broken. You know what? Because 
there's a part where I had to learn to be supported, which is great. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to, ta- to to allow someone to take care of me mm-hmm. and for people to offer things and me to accept them. Like, can, oh, can I take the kids to the, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's very hard for me to do. To, you know, to allow that help was a big, was a big part of, of the, the self-talk because if I'm, if I'm allowing people to help me and everything's taken care of now and I'm all, you know, supported, but I'm sitting here still like, oh, but you're weak because you couldn't do this. And, you know, like if you could, if you were stronger, you wouldn't need this person's help. Now you got to wait and see when they ask for, you know, help back, you know, or whatever. And I, and I've been doing that too. So it just makes sense to see this as a blessing instead of as a curse. Because I know mm. that I'm okay. I know that everything is working out for me. So, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Important. You know, don't beat yourself up for being impulsive. Just, you know, laugh about it. And if somebody has an issue with it, block them. Basically. I mean, that's, that's, you know, block. <laughs> no, <laughs> get away. No, I, I like what you said about learning to be supported. I think that's something that I am also in the process of learning just, you know, based on what happened for me last year, losing my home, being in this nomadic slash homeless state, you know, bouncing around couch surfing, this and that, that put me in a position where I had, I had to ask for help and I did not like it. You know what I mean? It was, it Uh, was, it was going against all of these, you know, belief systems that I had in my mind that said, well, people who ask for help are this or that. And, you know, if you ask for help, you're going to owe people and they're going to come back to collect one day and da 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 da. Like I had all these belief systems in my head and I had to literally silence them because if I hadn't, I would have been really asked out. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the support and the, you know, the, the encouragement that I had last year. And I didn't realize how much I needed that. And then that really culminated when, you know, the person who is now my partner, who had been my friend for several years, opened up and said, let me fully support you. Like, let me literally pick you up off the ground and carry you fireman style in both arms and hold (laughs) you here while you go through your process of healing, acceptance, renewal, you know, respite, everything that you need. And all the while I'm like kicking and screaming, like, no, I don't need your help. Put me down. Damn it. Put me down. And thankfully she did so with a velvet glove. You know, she's like, okay, I know you're kicking and screaming, but I see you and I know you need this. And I'm like, (sighs) Like, kind of like after a kid is having a tantrum and they just tire themselves out and they go to sleep. Uh, That's basically. I got a puppy right now that does it every day. I'll be like, okay, I'm done. All right. You ain't going to chew up no more shoes. And she's actually passed out right now in the back. (laughs) Because I kept telling her no. She's trying to drink my Starbucks, girl. Don't try to take my Starbucks. Don't do it. So. It's always so much fun. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many things we can talk about. So <laughs> um, I have a couple questions that I wanted to create just to kind of like help wrap up each session. So I'm going to try them out with you. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, so the first question is, how did you love yourself today? 
Uh, how did I love myself today? Um, let's see. Uh, I got Starbucks. Mm. Um, and I, 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 I didn't have to do that. I could have just waited till I got home. But I really wanted to enjoy my drive doing this podcast. And so it made me feel good. Mm, I like that. That was me loving on myself a little bit. I like that. I like that. Um, what is your power word or power phrase today? Faith. Mm. Faith is my power phrase. Because I have, you know, things are building up for me um, again. And I, I'm not really out of the clear. I mean, you know, with my health, I still have some things that I need to take care of. But my responsibilities are picking up. And I just want to be able to do those things um, without wearing myself out and having my boundaries in check. So just having faith that everything is going to work out the way that it should. And then I'm going to remember all of my tools while I'm getting through my day, you know, to tell people no. When I need to say no, say yes when I need to say yes. So, yeah, faith, mm. is, faith is it. Faith has been in for a, for a while. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I like that. Um, something I'm wanting to do in these episodes now is something that I've been thinking about doing, which is um, I like to use Oracle decks like cards and yeah. um, I pull Yay. from them pretty much every day and I have a bunch of different kinds. And so the deck that I decided to use today is a deck called the Oracle of E as in everything. And okay. it's a deck that's uh, created by Pam Grout and Colette Baron-Reed. And so I'll be sure to, like, you know, give people, you know, information on how that works. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shuffle the cards just three times. And then I just want you to pick a number, any number, between 1 and 50. And then I'll pull a card for you. So hold on. Let me shuffle okay. them three more, one more time. <clears throat> Uh, okay. So what's your number? 50. 50. Okay. <laughs> Do you have to go through all of them? No. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. 39. 40. <laughs> okay. So what I like about these cards is that, uh, they they have numbers on them, so that's what makes it easy. Is I don't have oh, to, okay. yeah, they have okay. they actually have numbers. You gotta find hence the, number. the yeah, okay. hence the you know pick a number. So the number fifty, okay. um, these cards have very simple messages and phrases on them, and then there's like a little background. So the number fifty, the message is free fallen, and what that says, okay faith, okay faith, free fallen. It doesn't get much better than this deep radical trust that appearances mean nothing and that you and only you are the captain of your ship what you say Woo! goes you are in unrestrained motion and unseen forces are awaiting your command girl can you give me number five too yeah just for fun of course because you know why not <laughs> Yeah, it's what's cool is that like, you know, there's so many there's there's b b bazillion decks out there and <laughs> yeah, literally a bazillion. And I know like I've kind of started to explore a little bit 
with the tarot and the tarot is just like so there's so many levels to it that I you know want to become just more familiar more well-versed you know on it and so I'm just kind of playing with it next so the message for five is baby steps everything is a is baby powder fresh right now it's new it's exciting and of course you're not quite sure how it's going to work out you're not supposed to it would ruin the surprise but go ahead take that first step all great quests have to begin somewhere that's great that's great yeah yeah so yeah that's it right there, there it is Thank You're you. welcome. People, something to kind of take with them just as an offering of gratitude for participating and for sharing so openly and vulnerably. And I'm just like, I'm excited. I'm excited about the things that are happening in your life. I'm excited for you. Yeah, Thank you. absolutely. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the healing that's happening in your body right now and just yes. knowing and trusting that everything is working in your favor, that everything is falling into place the way that it's supposed to, that you will continue to be protected and guided in everything that you do. So I love you, girl. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you too. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. It's time to wrap this up and I just want to say very sincerely thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day and I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment I see the light, I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity and the pure joy that shines within each of you and I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.